listeners, welcome to a new episode of the Stay Home Dad podcast. My name is Peter and I am the Stay Home Dad. Today's episode is all about a TV, or rather the lack of a TV, because in 2019 I do not have a TV in my house. In fact, for the past five years or so, I have not owned a television at all, uh, meaning I also raised my kids without a TV. Now, there's a whole uh, range of discussions to be had here, so let's dive right into it and tell you the background story on how this came to be. So the story starts about five and a bit years ago when we were living in Amsterdam and our oldest son Robert was born. We did have a TV at the time and we watched your typical stuff, some series, some news maybe even, some Discovery Channel, you know, nothing too shocking there. Uh, and I wouldn't say we watched that much TV because we were busy enough with the baby as it was, but it was, you know, sort of an easy thing to have. You know, you get your own place, you put a big TV in it uh, and, you know, at dull moments like breastfeeding time or, you know, that kind of stuff, a TV is sort of entertainment, I suppose. Uh, but uh, a half a year later, we moved to the UK, to Oxford, where my wife would do a master. And we rented a furnished house uh, and upon arrival, we realized there was no TV. We didn't really think that much of it, um, you know, a bit weird that a furnished house doesn't have a TV in it, uh, but, you know, it wasn't that much of an issue, and we knew we were only going to be there for one year, so we didn't really bother with getting a TV ourselves or, you know, requiring one from the landlord or anything, uh, and we sort of went about our lives uh, without a TV. Now, the year in Oxford went by pretty quickly, and after that we decided to move to Dusseldorf in Germany. My wife is German, and she got a good job opportunity there, so we decided to move there. We rented an apartment because we weren't uh, that sure on buying at that point. Uh, and we rented an unfurnished apartment, which we then had to fill with furniture, of course. So after, you know, the ob obligatory sofa, bed and so on, uh, we started thinking about other things, among which a TV. And we had, you know, a short discussion. Uh, okay, do we want a TV? Do we need a TV? And we sort of quickly came to the conclusion that, you know, we've done pretty well for a year without a TV. Neither of us really missed it. Um, so we decided just not to have a TV. Fast forward another three years and we decided to move back to the Netherlands. And again, we had the same discussion uh, after buying our house here. Uh, you know, what are we going to put in and are we going to put a TV in? And the discussion was even shorter. The answer was just a solid no. After four years without a TV, neither of us have felt the need to have one. Uh, we didn't miss it because, uh, you know, we still have phones and tablets and laptops and so on. So if we really want to watch something, we can still do it. Uh, but we never really have that need, uh, apart from the occasional YouTube video, uh, to have a giant screen in the living room. So we again decided not to have a TV. And that is pretty much the state of things as they are right now. So at this point, I want to go over a few pros and cons of not having a TV in your house. Um, but the cons list is very, very minimal, uh, I'd say. Uh, you could maybe make the argument that you're not up to date with things somehow. Uh, but I think for things like news, you know, you have your phone in your pocket all day long, so all the news that you ever want is directly accessible. Uh, and not being up to date with the latest Game of Thrones series, you know, that's a non-argument in my mind. Um, you could maybe make the case that it is nice and relaxing uh, at the end of a long, busy day to just, you know, watch something and sort of zone out a little bit as a relaxation kind of thing. Maybe that's somewhat valid, I'd say. Um, the main drawback that we experience is that, you know, every once in a while you just want to, you know, sit on the couch, have some snacks and watch a movie, uh, whether that's Netflix or some other streaming service doesn't really matter. But yeah, you know, if we want to do that, we have to go downstairs to the study room where the big computer is. Yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, not so nice experience. Uh, so we end up not doing it. Uh, but that is the only real tangible downside I can think of. 
So let's move on to some positive effects of not having a TV in your house. Well, first of all, it's cheaper because obviously a TV costs a lot of money and especially if you want a good one and a big one, that's very expensive. Uh, so we save money there, uh, not to mention energy costs, subscription costs for Netflix and all that comes with a television. Uh, we're not spending any money there. So that's good. The second more tangible thing is that you don't have to point your furniture in the direction of a television. Often when you enter people's living room, um, things are centered around the TV, which somewhat makes sense because obviously when you want to watch TV, you want to do that in a relaxing environment. So your comfy couch or your comfy lounge chair or anything is usually centered around the television. With not having a TV, we can pretty much point our furniture in any direction we want without it being awkward because nobody puts TV behind the couch, right? Uh, so that gives you a bit more freedom in terms of how you position things in your living room, which is kind of nice. And with that also comes the fact that if you do have a television in your living room, um, most of the time it's probably off. Uh, so you have this giant black square in the middle of your room constantly there, which doesn't look very nice. Uh, now you could put some kind of painting on it uh, these days, which can look pretty okay. Uh, but it's still a bit awkward to have that glowing you know, square on the wall at all times. So that is, uh, you know, also from an aesthetics point of view, uh, it just makes your living room overall a lot nicer. So those are very practical things when it comes to not having a TV. But this would not be the Stay Home Dad podcast if we wouldn't throw some kids into the mix. Um, and that's where things get interesting. So from an early age, we have very much limited the screen time for Robert, but also for Jack later on, to zero. Um, you know, occasional Skype calls with Openoma, fair enough, uh, but no TV, no tablets, no movie watching, no Pikachu watching, nothing. Um, and this creates a very different dynamic in a kid because um, the TV is very passive entertainment. You know, a kid sits there, the light's flickering, it's awesome, uh, but nothing interactive happens. Uh, no matter how educational the show might be, it's, it's very passive entertainment. If you take that away, though, uh, what does the kid have to do? The kid has to actively engage with toys, puzzles, whatever it might be, in order to get entertainment. And that is a very different way of playing and interacting with the world. And it's actually something that, you know, there's plenty of studies uh, done about it, uh, but it's something that is very beneficial to a kid in the way it seeks attention and in the way it seeks to entertain itself. Because if you teach a kid that all the entertainment will always come towards him, um, I'm not going to say you create a lazy kid, but you do create a sort of laziness in terms of, you know, I sit here and I expect to be entertained. Uh, by reversing that, by saying, no, there's nothing passive coming your way, you actually have to go out and get your own entertainment, uh, you create a more active role for the kid in order to seek its own entertainment. Um, and that's something we've really seen in both boys here, uh, that they're, you know, at a much earlier age, are able to play by themselves and to entertain themselves because they're just used to that way of actively engaging with their environment. So that's actually quite interesting. Now, we did try a few things out when it comes to screen time, especially with Robert being our first kid and the oldest one. Um, at some point, he came home sort of around two and a half, three years old uh, with questions uh, about things his peers and his friends at school told him, uh, things like Paw Patrol or Blaze. Uh, he wanted to know what that was all about, which is, you know, a fair question to ask. Uh, so we said, you know, we can try a few things out and see what you can maybe watch an episode a week or something in the weekend or a certain time limit. Uh, and we started to give him some access to screen time. Now, in the beginning, this went well. Um, we said, I think one episode maybe of Paw Patrol you can watch. And, you know, he was happy and it was interesting. Um, he might even have learned a few things and all was going well. But that soon started to turn into a little bit of an obsession because he wanted to watch more and he was unhappy if he couldn't watch more. Uh, and that sort of escalated 
into the point where he didn't even have his shoes or his jacket off yet and was already, you know, like, can I watch the next episode? So at that point, we pressed the brakes. Uh, he was clearly not able to handle that at that point in time, and we took away the videos completely, which was, of course, a huge drama, and there were tears and screaming and crying, uh, but that lasted for about 10 minutes, and then it was over. Um, the next, you know, one or two days, he did ask, like, oh, can I watch anyway? And we said, nope, and that was the end of it. Now, we've repeated this process for about two or three times with always pretty much the same timeline and the exact same outcome. Uh, starting off well, but, you know, going towards an obsession and it becomes this whole thing and then us saying, no, you are clearly not able to handle this responsibility or, you know, pleasure or whatever you might want to call it uh, and taking it away completely. And that leads us nicely to where we are right now. Robert is five and a half and he can watch about 20 to 25 minutes on a weekend day when his little brother is napping. Uh, that's a very limited time slot, uh, but that is when it's happening. So when we're out and about um, and doing something else, then, you know, it's not backwards uh, usable. Then there's no video watching happening that day. Uh, if we are at home, though, then that is the moment that he can watch something for about, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, we've installed YouTube Kids, uh, which for those of you who don't know, is like normal YouTube, but you as the parent select the videos that are accessible in the app. Uh, so we select a few things that we find suitable and he can watch, uh, he can make his own selection in the YouTube Kids app, which is nice. It gives him a bit of freedom to pick whatever he wants, but it also gives us the control that he's not uh, watching things that he's not supposed to watch yet. Uh, so that's a nice combination. And so far it is working rather well. There's still times, um, you know, in the summer holiday when we say, okay, fine, you can watch, you know, maybe on another day, uh, that he gets a bit, uh, you know, oh, can I watch again? Can I watch some more? And we're like, no, no, no. Remember, the agreement is that you can watch in the weekend and that is it. So anything you are allowed to watch after that is a bonus. Take it as a bonus, um, but don't start asking for more all the time. Uh, so there's still little hints left of that sort of um, obsession, if you want to call it that way, like, oh, I need to watch more. Uh, but we keep it pretty much under control uh, the way we do it now. And sort of he's responding well to it. Um, he's watching things that we allow him to watch, obviously. So, you know, things that are interesting, uh, nothing weird, Pokemon, Pikachu, whatever. Uh, things that are actually have some kind of valuable content in it, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, something on Discovery Channel on how they build trains, for example. You know, it's super interesting for a five and a half year old boy. Um, and it's actually valuable information rather than just you know, flashing colors on the screen. And beside uh, the video watching, obviously we still Skype with Openome every once in a while. So, you know, that is still allowed. Uh, same thing goes for his little brother, um, but that is pretty much all the screen time he gets. Now, when it comes to his little brother, um, he is allowed to watch, you know, maybe five to 10 minutes uh, on the same YouTube app. Uh, he can also make his own selection there. Uh, and we have very, you know, age appropriate things selected for him to watch. Um, and he's showing some of the same signs as Robert did when he first started watching things. Uh, but not to the same degree. If we tell uh, Jack you can watch for 10 minutes, uh, often after you know five minutes, he'll be like, yeah, I'm done, and he puts the phone away and goes back to playing. So that's actually an interesting difference to see between the two kids, um, but overall we keep things pretty much under control that way. Now, as an alternative, we offer the kids audiobooks. Robert has his own phone, Audible is installed, and we uh, download a bunch of books for him that he can listen to. And in many cases, we also have the physical book of the audiobook. So he can actually look at pictures or, you know, starting to read the words with the audiobook now. And that's super interesting. And the fun thing is, he is super happy with those audiobooks. Uh, it gives him a chance to sort of chill on the couch if he wants to, just listen to his audiobook uh, on a rainy Sunday, for example, but also when he's tired, 
he often says, oh, well, I'll just sit on the sofa or lay in bed a little bit and listen to my story. Um, and it works really good. We have a bunch of stories uh, in German and in English that he likes. Uh, Elmer the Elephant, Findus and Patterson, you know, a lot of different kind of stuff. But overall, you know, longer stories that are interesting and funny and tickle the imagination a little bit. And he likes it a lot. It uh, doesn't really matter if it's at home or on long journeys in the car. He really enjoys his book and he's perfectly content uh, sitting there listening to a story for an hour or longer. Now, I think this goes back to what I mentioned earlier, uh, which is the passive act of watching TV is very different than the active act of playing yourself. And I think audiobooks and reading in general, but audiobooks specific to this example, um, work the same way. I mean, an audiobook is nothing if you don't imagine what is happening. So it is still an active role, an active participation in the story, rather than a TV where you're just sitting and absorbing the image. Uh, with an audiobook, you really have to think about the story and imagine things uh, as they are told which is a very different way of entertainment and is something that really works well. It tickles the imagination a bit and requires the kid to think about what he's hearing. And it works really well with our kids. Uh, you can you know, see that the imagination uh, is working when you, know, you give him a book that goes with the audiobook and he's like, oh, I didn't think the cat would look this way or I didn't think the house would look this way. Uh, and then you talk about you know, what he imagined it would be based on the audiobook. So that's a really interesting interaction you get out of an audiobook, for example. And we think it's a much more, um, safe is not the right word, but a much more, a much nicer way of introducing digital technology to a kid rather than just sitting on a couch watching a flickering screen. So the last thing I want to address in this podcast is giving your kids TV or screen time in general um, to get your hands free, to get things done. Um, it's a bit of a sensitive topic maybe for some people, but let's address it anyway. On the one hand, I get it. Um, we're all busy, we have places to be, we have things to do, um, and if you have you know, 22 minutes between picking your kids up from daycare and having to go somewhere else, whether that's tennis practice or whatever it might be, and in that time you have to iron your clothes, get dinner ready, um, you know, check homework, whatever it might be, fine, I get it. You, know, you put them in front of a TV or a screen and they're quiet and you can get your things done in order to make it to the rest of your day, fine. As long as that's sort of an exception, I get it. And, you know, I do it myself too. Rare occasions where, you know, things are really not working out. I'm like, listen, this needs to be done right now and there's no other way. And, you know, I'll say, fine, you can watch your, your video or whatever it might be just to get my hands free. Um, but the key word here is exception. I'd say that this happens like once a month, maybe in my house. Uh, obviously, that is because I am a stay-at-home dad. So I don't have a job to be at or an office to go to, and I, I can usually plan my day in such a way, which I do, uh, that things work out. Uh, but, you know, those rare occasions that it needs to be done, fine, I accept. Uh, if this becomes a structural thing, though, I think that is an issue. And I think in many ways it is lazy parenting. Because, um, of course, you know, your kids are quiet, you get things done. Uh, but, you know, that one time, 20 minutes becomes... Two times 20 minutes, which becomes five times 20 minutes, which becomes 10 times half an hour, and so on and so on. And before you know it, they're watching TV every day from four to six, just so you have some peace and quiet. Well, that is not the way to go. And that is lazy parenting in a sense, I think, that you create a situation that is very hard to get out of. Because building up to those two hours a day is not an issue. Coming down from those two hours a day is. So when you then suddenly say, listen, from Monday on, no more TV between four and six, uh, then suddenly the kids are like, yeah, what the hell's happening? And they get withdraw. And that's an issue. And that's really difficult to get out of. Um, 
And I think the, the short-term gain here is not worth the long-term effect. So if you start doing that on a structural basis, getting weaning them off that TV is going to be super difficult and super hard. And it's going to be a lot of battles and a lot of crying and a lot of drama at home. In the end, costing you at least twice as much time as it would have otherwise. Uh, so that is just not working out. Um, so, you know, I get it in a way that if it's an emergency or if, it's, if there's no other way, you give them the screen time. Fine. Um, but, you know, if, if you walk around in the morning, for example, and you see so many houses with giant TVs on the wall already on, it's, you know, seven in the morning and there's kids staring at it and you're like, well, you know, you can't really wait to turn the TV on till dinner time or whatever. Um, but it's just, you know, obviously, so parents have some time in the morning to get ready. It's like, well, you know, if you teach your kids how to play them by themselves, you wouldn't need to do that. So, you know, uh, that might be a very black and white opinion in my case. Uh, but, you know, I think that's the way it is. It's not necessary to watch, you know, TV first thing in the morning already and last thing of the day. Uh, there's other things to do. And in the end, that TV time is eating so much into family time and being together time. Because, you know, I spent the time playing puzzles with my, with my boys. And is that the most exciting thing in the world to do? No, maybe not. Um, but it is important as a parent to do those kind of things. And yes, you know, that eats away time from other things I could be doing. I could maybe be making podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever it might be. Um, if, I put in front of, if I put them in front of, of a TV, I would have that time, but I choose not to do that because you know teaching them how to play by themselves is more important and spending the time with them is more important as well, uh, especially in the long run. And we're, you know, we're not even talking about attention deficit disorders, lack of concentration, uh, that all comes with watching too much TV or having too much screen time later down the road. So, you know, besides the, all those kind of very real long-term consequences, um, on the short term, it's just, just nicer to spend time together and uh, play together and do things together rather than just sit around and stare at a square. That rhymes. So that's my two cents on, you know, emergency screen time. I think that was it for this episode. I'm very interested to hear how you guys are dealing with screen time and screen real estate at home and how you're managing your screen time versus family time. Uh, so do reach out to us either through the Facebook page or through Instagram at PeterDoos. And uh, you can find us on Facebook under the Stay Home Dad podcast. Obviously, Anchor voice messages always work as well. Any kind of feedback on any episode is more than welcome. For now, though, this was Peter at the Stay Home Dad podcast. I am your Stay Home Dad and your host for this episode and all other episodes as well. Uh, I'll be recording a few more with a few more interesting guests this week. So keep an eye out for those and tell your friends about this podcast. The more people listen, the better it is, obviously. Thanks for listening this time and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Cheers. Cheers.